You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Sanishevsky. Hello, everybody. Come on in. Welcome to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast. It is a Friday morning. Uh, Natasha and Al with you. Great Cup weekend. Great Cup week. Great Hello, Cup Al. Week. You're a lot closer to the action than I am, obviously, being am. in Toronto. Have you ventured out to Hamilton at all? To- I have. I've been. You know what? I've, uh, I've, I've been to Hamilton a couple times in the last few weeks. And uh, it's exciting. Well, Hamilton's not necessarily exciting, but it's an exciting time in Hamilton with, uh, with the Grey Cup coming, uh, uh, coming there. And a home team playing in the Grey Cup is always a fun thing, right? Whenever you get a home team playing in a championship game, I think that uh, is especially cool. Although it's also kind of unfair, isn't it? Would you say? Like, I mean, it's, you know, like imagine having a Super Bowl, you know, playing in a in a home stadium. That would be a that'd be fairly unfair for the opposing team. But it's it should be a good weekend in Hamilton. Yeah, unfair. I don't know if you're right. I guess technically it's it's not the fairest situation, but I love when it happens, and it doesn't Me happen too. very often that the host team is actually in the Grey Cup. Um, I'm okay with it. I think I'm also okay with it because I kind of want Hamilton to win. So why, why are you, why do you want Hamilton to win? Is there, um, is this like a personal affinity for Hamilton or is this uh, your betting mind going to work? What is this? Well, they, this is just my, they have a, the longest drought in the Correct. CFL in terms of winning the great cup, right? They've gone the longest without winning it. Um, they are Correct. the underdogs. You know, me always cheering like an idiot for the underdogs. <laughs> I think it's a great football town. I think they really appreciate their football. Not that the Bombers don't, because I think Winnipeg has such a good fan base as well, obviously. But uh, for those reasons, and those reasons alone, I, I think Hamilton. <laughs> well, look, you know what? I will. Uh, I will uh, attest to your, you know, your their love of football. So I was in, at the Argos Ticats game last week in mm. at, at BMO Field in Toronto. And I saw a lot more black than blue in the stands. There was a ton of Thai Cats fans there. Um, they were the louder fans. They were the more rowdy fans. They were the louder cheering fans. Uh, it was it was it was a little embarrassing to be honest because it didn't feel like it was a home <laughs> game. Yeah, no, really, there was a, a ton of Hamilton fans, and they were just you know very much. Uh, a lot more boisterous than uh, than the Toronto fans, so they they travel well. And I think to your point, they love their football, right? I mean, we're a little spoiled in Toronto, right? We have the Raptors, mm-hmm. and we have the Leafs, and we have FC, and we have the Rock, and we have all these teams. I think in Hamilton, they you know they appreciate what they have over there a little bit more than we do. Well, and that's why I was curious if you've headed out to Hamilton yet, just because the week is such a fun week usually, whichever team. Uh, is hosting it. I should say, uh, Chris O'Leary, who's a senior writer for CFL.ca, will join us in a few minutes to dig into the game a little bit awesome. further. We're happy to have him. But yeah, the whole week leading up to the Grey Cup uh, is just super fun. The parties are great. You know, I don't, I'm not. I'm actually curious. We'll have to ask Chris if he's in Hamilton right now to see how many people from other cities have traveled yeah. in for the Grey Cup because usually. There are a ton. I have a friend that I went to high school with. Him and his dad make it a tradition. Wherever the Grey Cup is, they will fly to the Grey Cup every single year. And you always see the fans from out of town, right? The Ryder fans are always there because they're crazy and awesome. I wonder with COVID if if that's going to happen this year. And if not, that's that's obviously a bit of a shame. It is, right? I think they, I mean, I am heading down to Hamilton a little bit later. I'm going to be at the CFL Awards tonight, which will be fun. And so yes. that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, And there's some events tomorrow as well. Um, but 
I mean, the schedule has been significantly modified given COVID and everything else. So it has gone from, you know, the full-on Grey Cup week celebration to a, a bit more of a pared down. We have a couple of events, a couple of events tonight, a couple tomorrow, and then, of course, game day uh, on Sunday. But uh, look, from I have some friends that are over there right now already. And from what I understand, the drinks are flowing and have been for a while now. And, and I think that those who are there are having a good time. Um, I love the, the fans that come from the prairies, right? Again, this is, I, I love when the Winnipeg folks come or the, you know, the Saskatchewan, the rider fans, the riders fans come along. Cause they just, uh, I think like we said about Hamilton, they love their football and they love their team and they really, you know, they kind of support really proudly. It should be, it should be a wonderful weekend in Hamilton. Let me ask you this. How do yes. you have the spirit of Edmonton? Not until about two days ago. Um, and they had a, they had an event last night. Right, they had some spirit of Edmonton, and they have a, a pancake breakfast tomorrow, which is right. at eight AM after the CFL awards that I'm supposed to be at tomorrow. So I, I will see how that goes. But I'm going to be there in the morning for the spirit of Edmonton pancake breakfast on Saturday morning, which I'm uh, I, I can report back to you next week on how good the pancakes were. I suppose. Right. Okay. I don't think you want to miss it because usually in all the great cups, every team has their own room, and Edmonton's room kicks butt every single year. Like it's. The best, and I'm not just saying that because I'm from Edmonton, but they have the best room, the best parties, the best band, the cheerleaders come in and they do a whole thing. Like it's a whole thing. Yeah. That's the room you want to be in if you're going to to party at the Grey Cup. I mean, it's good to check out all the rooms, but you can't go wrong in that room. I can't wait. So you sound like you've been to a Grey Cup before. Have you, have you, have you experienced the full Grey Cup festival before? I've been to a few. Yeah. Uh, my most recent one was in Toronto in 2016. Oh, cool. It was freezing, uh, but that's okay. It was awesome. Uh, why, I don't even know why I said that. Every Grey Cup is freezing pretty much. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a matter of just the how, how freezing is it going to be? <laughs> That's right. So it was the Red Blacks and the Stamps. And I always remember this one because it was really close at the end. And all my friends uh, who shall, re- shall remain nameless <laughs> wanted to leave and watch the end of it uh, in the bar because they were too cold, which I did not want to leave because who leaves a Grey Cup Ooh, early? Like, that's yeah, that's not good. You should get, a, you get something thrown at you if you leave early from a Grey Cup, especially exactly. a close one, right? Absolutely. That's right. So we leave. The game ends up going into overtime. We watched the end from the bar, and I was just beside myself. Just, I was just <laughs> unhappy that we left the game and we watched the end overtime in a bar. And all I can remember, I was saying this to you before, is Henry Burris, his smiling Hank, obviously that's his nickname, his that's smiling it. face into the camera because uh, the Red Blacks came back and beat the Stamps in overtime, and it was a heck of a finish. And I watched. And it you missed it. Bar. And you watched it from a bar while you were at the game. That is, uh, yeah, that's like uh, that's that's violating one of the kind of the core rules of being a fan and going to a game is leaving early and the game goes into overtime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You should be ashamed, and your friends should be ashamed. I know. That's like worse <laughs> than leaving early to deal with traffic. Like that's what the yeah. same thing, right? You want to beat true the enough. Whatever. True enough. So, do you have a pick for the weekend? So, uh, Winnipeg at Ham- so Winnipeg at Hamilton. Obviously, do you have do you have a horse in the race here at all, or are you are I you mean, still doing your research? I haven't put any any money down, but maybe you and I should uh, put a latte on this one. Let's Instead do of, it. Well, we could do an NFL one as well, but maybe we just we do one here. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Winnipeg, uh, when this line opened on Sunday evening after Winnipeg beat the Riders, which we'll talk about with Chris later on, but 
Uh, two really good divisional games last week. Winnipeg turned the ball over six times and won, right? Which is kind of unheard of. Uh, yes. But this line opened up at four and a half in favor of Winnipeg on Monday. And as I look right now, it is at two and a half for Winnipeg. So that has moved significantly, meaning some money is coming in on Hamilton. So Hamilton seems to be generating some more of the betting volume uh, at, at this point right now. But Winnipeg is still a two and a half point favorite. Again, going into a home, you know, kind of an enemy territory in a great cup. And Hamilton has been playing some really inspired football over the last, uh, over the last few weeks. Um, sure. So it'll be an interesting one. I think, I think the, the three, three and a half number is a, a reasonable one, right? So at two and a half, I think I like Winnipeg. So I'm going to even jump in here and say, you know, I, I'm, I think Winnipeg is going to win this game. I, I feel that, you know, very strongly. So I would be on the, the side of Winnipeg. And I know you're an underdog rooter and you love, you know, cheering for the underdog. So I'm hoping you're going to be following suit here, taking the tie cats. Well, I, I actually agree with you. I do think Winnipeg is going to win, but I think it's going to be super close. And I am totally comfortable taking Hamilton because right. I, I won't be surprised if they pull off this little upset. I mean, they're going to need a lot of things to go their way. I, you know, I just think Zach Claros is such a good quarterback. He's up for MLP. He's so, you know, experienced. He's kind of been in these big game situations before. Andrew Harris, you know, I don't know if Hamilton knows how to stop that guy, right? Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but you never, you know, this is why you play the game, right? If Winnipeg, you know, a couple turnovers, maybe the ball is slippery, maybe it's cold, who knows, right? So I am... Outside in Hamilton in December, right? The weather's supposed to be okay, but that can change pretty quickly. And yeah, I I agree with you. It's why they play the game. It's a good good sentiment. A gray cup in December. How weird is that? Usually it's November, right? I mean, it's not that far off, but man, playing football in the dead of winter the dead of winter right this is going to be uh, this is going to be interesting for sure i think it'll be uh, i you know i, I kind of hope the elements play some sort of you know it kind of have impact on the game to some degree you know i i wouldn't mind seeing a little snow falling in the third quarter or something or you know it's maybe a a ball slips out because it's uh because it's it's slippery like you said and and, and it has an impact on the game i think uh you made a good point before in that you know the the offenses are you know coloros and andrew harris and dan evans and they're all high powered for sure but that winnipeg defense is scary good and they're like not only good in terms of like team history but in terms of league history this is you know approaching one of the best league best defense we've ever seen so uh it'll be interesting to see how you know what 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 takes precedence is it going to be the high flying offense or is it going to be a kind of a, a defensive struggle which i think uh i think it has the potential to be well and i was going to say that's actually i don't even care who wins i just I hope it's a crazy shootout, high-scoring game. Like, I think the league really needs that. They need, like, a really good game here to finish off this season. You know, they missed last season. They had a shortened season this time. There were all these issues with COVID, that crazy thing that we talked about on the last last week's podcast, right, with um, the Argos quarterback. That's right. At the Raptors game and all that thing, like, there's just been – some ups and downs this season. Let's put it that way for the CFL. So Definitely. I would just love for the league as a Canadian, and I, I mean, I still love the CFL. I would just love for a wild game this Sunday. Yeah. Spark some attention to get some eyeballs on the game. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a nice way to finish this season. So there is some football south of the border, I think, this weekend as well, isn't there? I know we talk a lot of NFL on here, so why don't we uh, have a look at some of the NFL games that are going? Anything that piques your interest this weekend? Anything that you've seen that is is must-watch well, must TV on Sunday? 
I think Besides the Rams the and cards, Rams and cards is the biggest one. Is it not? Really? Would you say? Well, there are, there's a few big ones, Chiefs and Raiders too, but Rams and cards is the one I guess I'm intrigued by the most. Although I don't think the Rams are going to win at all. Like I, no. I, I don't think it's going to be that close. What do you think? Yeah, you know what? I it, this is I don't know. I don't believe in either of these teams to be completely honest with you. I, I'm I'm not too sure what to expect. I think you know the Rams are. I don't know. I mean, you can't take their temperature week over week. One week they look like the best offense in the world. The next week they, you know, put up a dud against Cleveland or something. So it's uh it's going to be interesting. Um, but these are the you know two of the better teams in the in the NFC, and it's a divisional matchup again, which is always good. Um, the Cards are seven and zero on the road this year, but three and two at home, right? Which is a bit of a strange thing. So, mm-hmm. and this game is is in Arizona. Uh, so it's yeah. Well, we'll see. I think it's going to be. Uh, we talked about a shootout in the Grey Cup. I think here we're talking about two very, very, very high-powered offenses and some good defenses as well. But I, I anticipate a, a significant shootout in the, uh, in this one. So I, w- I am of the opinion that the uh, the Rams actually are going to go into Arizona this weekend and uh, yeah, and, and pull off pull off an upset. Uh, I think it's not much of an upset because I think the Rams right now are two and a half point favorites. I believe. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, the Cardinals. I'm sorry, the Cardinals are fair. Two and a half point favorites. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I, I think the Rams are going to be able to travel into uh, into Arizona and, uh, and 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 take out the Cardinals. What about you? What do you think? Okay, so <laughs> you're taking the Rams. You're taking an underdog, which you rarely do. And yes. I, I don't. Yeah. I'll I'll take the cards. I'm okay with that. Okay. I'll take the cards. Yeah. I'll take the tie cats. And. Uh, I guess we'll leave it at that. Hockey is, yeah, I don't want to go towards hockey. But the Oilers are, the Oilers are slumping a little bit. Are they really? Yeah. Well, uh, they lost their fourth in a row um, last night, but that's okay. Every team goes through a slump. I don't mind it. I'd rather have it happen now as opposed to March or April when the playoffs aren't that far. That's true. There are those, I guess, those peaks and valleys through the course of a season, right? Oh, Especially an 82-game season. You can't expect to be I – mean, this coming from a Leafs right. fan, so I know, I know about peaks and valleys all too well. Um, but uh, but so they're still, what, third place in the Pacific, I think? Something like that, yeah? So I, I think Anaheim just jumped over them, I believe, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Calgary's still being the cream of the crop, yeah. But they're still up there somewhere, yeah. I'm not too worried yet. Calgary's up there. Leafs are up there. Everything is going to be just fine for these Canadians. All right. We are very pleased uh, to introduce Crystal Leary, senior writer for CSL.ca, to the podcast. Chris, we know this is probably an unbelievably busy week for you. So thanks for your time. You're in Hamilton already. Uh, how are things going out there? How's the week gone? Uh, no, th- thanks for having me. It's nice to be on. Um, it's uh, it's definitely busy. It's pretty chaotic, but uh, it's a ton of fun. This is really the, the best time of the year. It's um, just a string of events, uh, availabilities, uh, trying to watch practices. And, uh, and then the, I'm sure there, there, every year there's, uh, you know, side stories that pop up and breaking news that, that you end up chasing. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a, whirl, a whirlwind. And then you sort of, at the same time, you feel like you blink and then it's, it's over. And you've got kind of right. six months to think about it uh, after the fact. <laughs> so Al and I were talking before you got on. I'm just curious if it's the same vibe it has been in the past in terms of uh, fans coming from other cities and provinces or has COVID kind of uh, sort of put a damper on the things? Yeah, I think it's in a way, um, not to ride the fence, but I think it's a little bit of both. Um, You know, like the day-to-day stuff, at least for the stuff that I'm doing, um, feels very similar, right? Like you're you're in those uh, crowded rooms with uh, a bunch of other reporters and 
that that still feels the same. And then you look around and there, there's still the differences, right? Where, um, you know, there, there's everyone's in masks, there's uh, sanitizer all over the place. Um, you know, you go, you go down to the field for the availabilities and now there's kind of like a, they've kind of turned it into a mix zone and they're, they're trying to create about a, a six or an eight foot buffer between the, the players and the people that are talking to them. Um, I, I think travel wise and for the fans, I think, um, I think it's shaping up to be a normal one. Um, you know, the, the hotel I'm staying at, um, I think we had uh, tough enough the the horse from Calgary, uh, okay. kind of t- took the cool. t- yeah <laughs> he took awesome. the, the walk into our hotel. Uh, that's always a cool thing. Like I, I always enjoyed watching that. And you go and you take the pictures, and then like you know maybe the horse makes a mess in the hotel, and everyone laughs and they leave. And then it's right. it's kind of it's kind of different when it's your hotel. <laughs> <laughs> but um but no so like we saw the calgary people uh saw the horse yesterday i think the horse was uh, out in the hotel parking lot this morning as well and um so you're starting to see the people come in and that's sort of what you normally see is later in the week as the weekend approaches uh people start arriving so um, i think it's gonna be really nice and uh just just to kind of have that little shred of normalcy after uh of course the canceled season in 2020 and um and just and just i think going through the last year of restrictions and kind of living in a, in a limited capacity in a, in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, I think the, a lot of these fans, this is kind of their vacation every year. The, these people kind of jump from great cup to great cup. And, uh, so it'll kind of be a reunion for them. I think it's going to be a, a really fun weekend. I think you'll see a lot of people come together in, uh, in Hamilton here. Totally. That makes me happy to hear that the horse is there because that's such a tradition. So <laughs> I was like eight out of 10 happy about it personally, just <laughs> given my circumstances. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so to get into the game a little bit, it's a rematch of the last Grey Cup. How much sort of do you think that will be a factor in this game in terms of players remembering what happened the last time they met in this game? I think it's a little bit of a factor. And they've spent a lot of this week saying that it doesn't matter, but um, I, I think it does, especially for, for Hamilton. And that, you know, I, I think that's, it has to be in a lot of those players in the back of their minds. And, um, you know, I think especially depending on how the game starts, if, you know, if Winnipeg gets up early or makes a big play, you know, you wonder if those thoughts creep in a little bit more and just that uh, unfortunate familiarity, I guess, for, for them. Um, but no, I, I think, um, yeah, I think there's certainly familiarity on each side. And, you know, these are two rosters that, you know, for all the change that we see in the CFL year to year, these two more than the other teams in the league stayed the same. And um, yeah, I think it's, I don't know if you can call it a, a budding rivalry yet. I think it's getting there. And, uh, you know, I think Winnipeg ran away with it last year or in 2019. I feel like, uh, we're in position, I think, for a, a closer game this year. Right. Uh, agreed. Dane Evans starting for the Ticats. So after his uh, performance in Toronto, I was actually at the game last week in Toronto, which was amazing. To watch, it was. Um, was there ever really a chance that he wasn't going to start this game? Did they ever really have a, a, a thought about going with Masoli over Dane Evans, do you think? I, I don't think so. I, I think just given the start that, that Masoli had, and, and things were so slow. And uh, I just remember the, the play where he fumbled and, and uh, amazing gave up the ball. You could hear like this entire this groan go through the press box where, you know, everyone was, he just held it so long and uh, they just, they weren't getting what they needed there. And, you know, I think Orlando Steiner said that after the game as well, that they just, they needed that spark. And then to see Dan Evans come in at 16 of 16, uh, a, a very quiet 100% completion game. It, it, like I didn't even notice until, you know, the very end of the game. Like, oh my God, he didn't, he didn't miss a pass the entire day. And um, it, it just, it didn't happen instantly when he got in, but you could really see them starting to build. And, and maybe it started at the end of that first half when he had that incredible strip on the, on the fumble. That was amazing, right? Which, that was uh, one of the best plays I've ever seen. For sure. Every time I watch it, I don't know how he did it. And uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, it's a, a player of the year candidate for sure. And um 
yeah, he, he sparked them and he, he, he carried them. And they just, they looked like such a different team in, the, in that second half. Um, you, you couldn't not stick with them this week, I think. Agreed. So do you think this causes the Bombers to significantly, significantly change their D or do they even care because they've been so good defensively all year? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of confidence there. I don't I don't know if it's like old school Swaggerville confidence. I think I try to avoid that, but um, no, I, I think I think they're they're very comfortable with what they have. I think uh, I think they'll have to make adjustments. So I, I think Dane's a much different quarterback than than Jeremiah is, and uh, you know I think with with Masol, you always had to to be aware of the scrambling ability and, and kind of that unpredictable element that he throws in. Um, I think I heard Davis Sanchez say uh, yesterday in, in a hit uh, as a former DB. You know, he, he would prefer um, Dane Evans in there just because he's more of a pocket guy and you can kind of anticipate things a little bit more. I think that the the unpredictability that Masoli brings when he's playing well is, is just such a wild card. Uh, so I, I think that they will have to key in on on him. I mean, maybe it's an advantage for them. It's a little, a little I don't want to say easier, but a little more straightforward to, to just think that you have a passer there and you can attack that. Definitely. This, uh, the Winnipeg D, as we were talking about, uh, I mean, they're proving to be historically good right i mean not only in terms of like team uh, franchise history but also in league history they're 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 on pace to you know to be one of the more dominating uh, defenses uh but you know if momentum means anything in football and we know it does hamilton's also playing pretty well defensively over the last you know six to eight games um i'm a, I'm a better so uh what do you think is this going to be an offensive shootout or a defensive battle should i be on the over or the under in this uh, in this total i think as someone who's not a, a gambling expert I, I i lean towards the under um which is probably the kiss of death for anyone that should take the opposite advice but um <laughs> but no I, I think you look at these two teams the top two defenses in the league um and especially i was i was in toronto last weekend and watched that game and to me it looked like hamilton took a step as a defense in that game and just the the way they played um and, and you know what winnipeg is going to bring uh and, and they and winnipeg hasn't been a high scoring offensive team all year i think claros had one game over 400 yards throwing the whole season um, so I, I think they'll keep it simple. I, I think, I think it very well could be a, a low scoring game. And, uh, yeah, to, to me, the uneducated gambler who, who you shouldn't trust, I, I think the <laughs> other, <laughs> we don't really know what we're doing either, Chris. So don't, at least exactly. I don't, so yeah, don't we're, worry about it. We're all just faking it till we make it. <laughs> That's exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, so if we stick with that theme of defense, then, uh, Simone Lawrence, obviously on one side, Santos Knox on the other side. Do we see huge plays from either of these guys, from both of them? Who do you think is going to stand out this this Sunday? Oh, no, that's a good question. Uh, I, I, I tend to go towards Simone. I just um, I've just been so impressed with him the last two seasons, and um, you know I just think as a, as a guy that's into his thirties now to to put the numbers together that he has in the last two years, uh, really his whole career, uh, the best two of them are the, are these last two, which is just uh, in, incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. I, I think Santos Knox is. Um, Solid and consistent, but um, Simone to me has just been a star, and uh, he he's made game changing plays. I think he's had two. He's gotten to the end zone twice this year. Um, you know his, his all around numbers are just so strong. I think he's a threat. I think it's a big stage. He's at home. He just loves being in Hamilton. I think this is mm-hmm. the perfect environment for him to thrive. Yeah, he seems to really step up to the plate when he's uh, when when they're at home in Hamilton. He plays exceptionally well. Um, we talked about the Argos cats game last week, but the bombers, they committed six turnovers in that West final and they won. Um, are they just that good? Or is that more of an indictment of the, uh, of the riders? Um, well, I, I think it's kind of funny that the, the riders had four turnovers the week before. And then it's like Winnipeg was like, yeah, watch Chewing this. <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think, 
I, I think they, I think they are that good. Um, you know, I, I think I wrote something on Monday saying that like that might be the most vulnerable we'll see Winnipeg the whole season, right? Where you know maybe maybe the four weeks they had where they were kind of resting guys and you know watching the playoffs unfold, waiting for the, their game to come, uh, that might have been their weakest moment in a sense where. Um, just the, I think the, the rust and that, that lack of, uh, continuity and, and, and chemistry maybe affected them a little bit and, and the weather. I mean, it was a terribly, terribly cold game in Winnipeg, um, which, you know, did, did not make me miss growing up in the, in the prairies. It was a very familiar scene watching that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think defensively they, they're a confident group and, uh, yeah, I, I, I think they'll, uh, they'll, they'll be okay. They'll, they'll bounce back from that and, uh, you know, if anything, I think that adds to the confidence, right? That, you know, if you, you turn it over six times and a half and you still win, I mean, you take the positives from that, you go into this week and you just say, well, we've been at our worst, you know, and we can survive it. Right. I was, I was thinking that's you for the confidence factor. As long as you don't think, oh, and just get sloppy. Oh, it's six turnovers. <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Like, I guess you have to be careful of that. But I agree. I think it, it almost gives you a little bit of confidence being we can be so much better than those six turnovers. So, um, as long as we, as long as we do that, that's going to be a huge advantage for us. Uh, Andrew Harris, we always talk about him in these big games. Um, he's a little bit injured, but does he, does he look any different to you? Does he look like he's struggling at all? No, not, not in the least. No. Um, you know, and, and we haven't seen much of him at practice. Uh, they're, they're practicing over at McMaster. Um, and then the, the close practice yesterday. And, you know, I, I think the injury report has kind of had him go limited DNP, believe limited today was, was the plan yeah. for him. Um, but I, I, at this point in the season, that's kind of what they've done with him all year. I expect him to be fully healthy and yeah, I mean, you look at what he did and he had seven weeks off and, and goes out and runs for a, 130 plus yards. Um, he's a vet and, you know, he, he doesn't forget these things. He, I think he's at that point in his career where um, as long as he has, you know, his, his legs and his lungs, uh, you know, I think he's, he, you can throw him in there and he'll go out and do that for you. I'm uh, I'm gonna selfishly just bring this back to the betting world because that's what I love to do. Um, and uh, there's some fun player props up for Grey Cup as there always is. There's always some fun kind of you know fun things to bet on. And, uh, and so right now the the player prop on uh, both QBs total passing yards is remarkably close. Let's call it uh, 240. Anyone's 237. One's 245. Um, who do you think in this game has more total passing yards? Is it uh, is it Colorado or is it Evans? I would be surprised if it was Evans. I think um, just just watching Caleros and the Bombers the way they've they've played this year, they win with him. They routinely win with him throwing under 300 yards. And uh, I, I think Dane Evans will go out and look for the big plays. Um, you know, and maybe he gets three or four or five of them and racks up the yards, and they still might not win, right? Uh, I think that's that's kind of Winnipeg's defense and and, and how they operate. So yeah, I, I would go Evans. How much of a factor do you think home field advantage will be here for Hamilton? We were talking before you came on how uh, there were so many Hamilton fans in Toronto last week. We know Hamilton's such a great football town. Uh, will it make an impact at all? Will it, will it give them a little bit of an edge? I, I think so. I, I think if anything, at least out of the gate, right? I think it's going to be like, if, if you're lucky enough to be in the stadium or on the sidelines or close to it, uh, I think that's going to be one of those things you remember for a long time is when they, that moment when they take the field. Um, I, I think, you know, you look back, I think they're in, in the early part of the last decade, there was a string of home teams in great cups, right? You had Saskatchewan, BC and Toronto, I believe. Um, I feel like this is going to surpass that just because this fan base is so starved for a title. They haven't won since 99. They haven't hosted a great cup since 96. Um, I, I just think there's a lot of pent up energy. And, and you know, you, we were talking before just about people coming back together and, 
um, you know, just a- after the pandemic, the canceled season. I just think it's it's going to be a really unique and really charged atmosphere. And uh, it's going to be like 99.9% Ticat fans, I-, I would assume. And, and it w- if whatever Bomber fans are there, you're not going to hear them. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's going to be, um, just, just an incredible atmosphere. And I, I think it absolutely will give them a lift. And, you know, if you get those, get to that point in the game where there, there's a turnover, uh, you know, or, or they, they just make a big play and the place is just going to blow up over, over, over and over again. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be special. And I think it'll help them more than it's probably helped teams in this situation in the past. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to look at, uh, from my perspective anyway, and UFC does this a really good job of this, of using betting odds as an expression of win probability and not necessarily as an expression of revenue, right? It's about this team has X percentage of chance to win. So the betting line opened up with Winnipeg right away on Monday, on Sunday evening, uh, Winnipeg with a four and a half point uh, betting favorite. And that's come down to two and a half over the last little bit, which indicates a lot of money coming in on on Hamilton, seeming to be the public money that, you know, right. as you talked about, 99% of your fans. Um, if you had to identify one or two key elements that Hamilton has to do to win this game as a home underdog, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the most important one or two things are? Uh, I mean, one, I think, and it's kind of always, it's just like, the coaches always say there's like that handful of plays that, that define the game. I think like a, a turnover, um, you know, uh, even, even for, I think when you're playing against Winnipeg, if they can get a passing touchdown in the in the fourth quarter, um, I, I think that would be one of those things that just kind of make this place explode. And uh, just because everyone knows how tough Winnipeg has been, uh, I think it was like six points allowed through the, the regular season right. in, in fourth quarters, which is just like astronomical. Like, who, <laughs> when, when does that ever happen? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, like a, it's like a video game stat. Like you have it set on easy or something. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think it would take something like that, right? It's it's those. It's a turnover. It's a, a huge stop. Maybe like a, a turnover on down, so stop on short yardage or something. Um, one of those key things that'll shift the game. And it's been tough. Winnipeg hasn't let that happen to them very much, if at all, this year. Mm-hmm. Chris, how do you think the season went overall for the CFL after after missing last season? Uh, of course, they you know, some lower scoring games uh, this year's defenses seems to be the way the league is going. There were some mm-hmm. issues with COVID, especially last weekend. How would you characterize this year for the CFL? Uh, but it's funny. I think Randy Ambrosi had his uh, state of the league this morning and kind of just looked at the big picture, I think, and just said, you know, it's a a success in that, you know, there was no season last year. And I think everybody uh, knew, I don't think it was a secret that, you know, there had to be a season this year. The league really needed that. So I think to get to the finish line and, uh, you know, to have, I think a really great matchup is, uh, is is a success in itself. I think there's, there's definitely challenges in there. Uh, You know, we saw attendance, I think, take a hit uh, across stadiums. And again, I think that's a trend we've seen in sports overall think since things have kind of opened up and as people have gotten vaccinated and kind of slowly made their way into to venues, I think there's a little trepidation there. Um, but yeah. And, and I, I think, uh, I think attendance will be the, the, the big thing. I think TV ratings from, from what I saw um, looked strong. And I think, especially as the season went along. Um, yeah. I, I think in some ways, some of the, the challenges that the league was facing before the pandemic are still there, right. In terms of, you know, you want to engage younger fans, um, you want to get more people into the stands for games. Um, but yeah, I, I think just, just getting through the season and you mentioned the, the, the COVID situation, um, you know, I, I think overall, um, through some tough protocols, you know, which we saw last week with, with, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, uh, I, I think that overall, I mean, that, that did kind of help the players and, you know, there was only one real significant outbreak, uh, you know, and a game was postponed, but not canceled, which I think is a success in itself, especially when you're already playing on a reduced schedule, right? You, you, c- you couldn't really afford to lose games. I think just kind of getting through it is, uh, is the win. And, 
you know, I think looking ahead to, to 2022, uh, you know, there, there's certainly lots of stuff to work on, but uh, I think, I think internally, I think at the league, I think just, just getting across the line this year is the big thing. Mm-hmm. I was saying before you got on, I really hope that it's the highest scoring game possible. I'd love I'd to love just see like, right. An offensive shootout, the team's yeah. just going wild, lots of touchdowns, high scoring so that, you know, lots of people pay attention. So that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, we will let you go. Uh, before you go, I'm curious. I was telling Al about Spirit of Edmonton and saying that Edmonton's <laughs> by far the best room compared <laughs> to all the other teams. I want to get your opinion on that, though. Where is the best party during Great Cup Week, usually, would you say? Um, I mean, I, I wish I could say that I've been able to hit them all every single year, which is like you, you always hope to, I always hope to, and then I end up being so much so busy with work that I might get out to one. Um, right. so like, so, and then the hometown bias for me comes into, and I think Edmonton is, is the leader of the pack. I know, uh, I think back to before I worked for the CFL, uh, in 2016, when the, the great cup was in Toronto, um, just, we, I had a blast in, in the spirit of Edmonton room there. And, um, and I think, I think, and you can probably relate if, um, you know, if you're in media and you're from Edmonton and you walk into that room, uh, you get a nice warm welcome. There's a lot of, uh, <laughs> familiar faces in, in, uh, the Edmonton organization that, you know, make sure you ha- you want, they want you to have a good time. And there's a drink in your hand the, the whole night, which, uh, went a long way with me anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I, I kind of actually in 2019, I, um, I, I did a story about fans of the, the great cup, uh, something like that. And, um, went through all the team parties. I mean, like Ryderville is, is always a, a big one. Um, right. and then I, one of my favorites is the, uh, the team that doesn't exist, right. The Atlantic schooners and the, the Atlantic kitchen party is, um, for sure, for, for food and, um, you know, for, for just kind of bringing the East coasters that are in whatever city together. Um, and be, as someone born in Newfoundland, I feel like I I'm, I'm drawn to that too. And, uh, that, that's also fun. I feel like you, you've got to shout that one out. I don't know if they're doing it this year. Cause I know it's, I don't think it's a full, uh, offer of the, the team's parties this year, but, um, that, that one's always a go-to just, I mean, the food's amazing, great atmosphere and people are always looking to have a good time there. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of that one. How have I missed that one? Uh, I'm only in the Edmonton room. That's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a great story, actually, because I, I think in the 80s, the uh, the Atlantic Schooners were granted a franchise in, I believe, Halifax. And um, the stadium was never built. Um, and it was just sort of abandoned, the idea. And I think the, the franchise was never fully revoked, technically never revoked. So this team kind of lives on in spirit. And um, there's a guy... Uh, I can't remember his name now. I feel terrible for it, but um, he he put this party together and went started going like 20, 25 years ago and, uh, and kind of sold it as like, we're the Atlantic schooners with the, the lone undefeated team in the CFL. And um, they just had this big East, <laughs> East coast uh, kitchen party. And it's, um, and it's just grown into this huge thing. And they're, they're there every year. Um, they, they sell t-shirts and uh, yeah, they were uh, the, the last time I saw them, you know, they were, they were super optimistic about a, a team coming to Halifax finally and being the Atlantic schooners. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. I, I, hopefully we get to do that next year and see them again. Cool. Okay. Well, we will let you go. We know you're busy. You're in Hamilton. Uh, hopefully you're not working too hard. Hopefully you're uh, having a chance to join in the fun. I know the pancake breakfast is tomorrow. Al's going, are you going to the pancake I'll- breakfast in the spirit of Edmonton room? Uh, I'd like to. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you there. I'll, I'll never you. say I'll no to pancakes. The- <laughs> I'll pass the syrup. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Thanks for your time, Chris. We really appreciate it. Uh, we your insight was awesome. Enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll do this again sometime down the road. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. And you enjoy the game too.
Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. All right. That was uh, that was awesome. For people who were listening, you couldn't see, but Chris was sitting uh, at the stadium right in front of the field. And it just looks beautiful with the sun shining down on that field. I hope it's uh, it's decent weather for Sunday. So after listening to what he had to say, do you change your mind at all in terms of going into this game with who you're picking? Uh, he gave me some food for thought for sure. Information is always good. But uh, no, I am uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my pick. I'm gonna okay. stick with uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with who I'm riding with. All right, all right, can't go wrong. I think it's gonna be a good game either way. Uh, you're going to the awards tonight. You get pancakes tomorrow. It's gonna be a heck of a weekend for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I care about, right? Some drinks and some pancakes. What else do you need? A little football, some drinks, some pancakes. I'm gonna be a happy guy. I will be excited to report back on my experience next week. And if I happen to find the Atlantic Schooners room, I will yes. take the video for you. Yeah, he said he wasn't sure if it was there this year, but I, I hope it is. So that's, yeah, that's your mission is to go do some investigative work this year and see. If I got it. Okay. Investigative reporting on the ground. I got it. Amazing. All right, Al. Thanks for this. Thanks to everybody who, uh, who had a listen. We hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you next week. See you later. You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Sanashevsky. 